0: This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. When Rachel Harkins-Allman was young, she received a powerful vision from the Lord. She felt a call to step out of her comfort zone, serve others, and be a leader. With many years of experience working in ministry, Rachel now serves as the executive director for the Given Institute, an organization that empowers young women to be leaders in the church and society. In this episode, Rachel and I talk about her unique faith journey how she got involved with the Given Institute, and the important gift that Catholic women are as servant leaders in the world. All right. Hi, Rachel. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So maybe first off, for those folks who are listening to this who may not know you, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do.
1: Thanks so much. I am a cradle Catholic, and I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up here. Uh, My parents raised me in the church, and I also have a very unique childhood faith story that My parents also were a part of a charismatic Christian community. So Mm. every Sunday we would go to mass in the morning and then every Sunday afternoon we would go to a prayer meeting. So a real part of my relationship with the Lord was knowing Jesus as my Lord and savior and as my friend Mm. and knowing that within a community of other families And an ecumenical community. So Christian families, non-denominational families, and that was a really unique experience as a child. So I knew how to pray the rosary, but I also could sing praise and worship music and hear prophetic words from lay men and women. And yeah, I just reflect back on that now as uh, an adult with my own family, and I see what a beautiful experience that was of men and women coming together in community, seeking the face of the Lord. So uh, I now have a beautiful family. I'm married and have three children, a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So we're now in the midst of... Putting gates up in the house and baby proofing the <laughs> stairs and all you know that kind of fun phase when your kid always gets hurt so <laughs> um but I I live a very blessed life and um just want to thank you for having me and I love talking about my catholic
0: faith Mm, amazing. Yeah. And I know that we, we've we got so much to talk about and, and I'm sure like a, a lot of folks who probably do know you, um, in your capacity as executive director for a given institute, you know, in terms of really mobilizing and encouraging young women in light of the feminine genius and all of the beautiful things there. So, you know, beyond just being named the same name, I I'm just so excited to dive in, but I'd love to talk to you more about that faith journey. And there is like that charismatic element. And also like ecumenical too, like I think that that's something that not very many people who were raised in the Catholic faith can maybe say that they have that experience, like that real, just like dialoguing and being truly like one in the body of Christ, like with our Christian brothers and sisters. So I guess like how did your parents and then likewise, like your family there get involved with that charismatic movement?
1: It absolutely was one of those dramatic moments in my parents' faith life of how they became involved in the charismatic movement, uh, and my parents share this story regularly, so I'm free to share it, that they were really struggling in their marriage. They had been married for about 11 years and weren't able to conceive and were frustrated, angry. And at that time they weren't going to church. They had both been raised Catholic, but they weren't practicing their faith. And so they were at the point of about uh, about to get a divorce. And my mother dropped to her knees. It was the first time she had prayed in a long time. And she asked God to save her marriage. And she heard a voice say to her, go to a Pentecostal meeting. And and my mom didn't know what that meant. She was raised Catholic. She had never heard Pentecostal before. So this was this was in the 70s. And so she went to a phone book and looked up Pentecostal. and she found a local prayer meeting and went and was baptized in the holy spirit and had an experience with Christ and she gave her life to the lord and then she started praying fervently that my father would have the same experience and fast forward he did he had a dramatic conversion experience and then shortly thereafter i was conceived and it's just a really incredible miracles that happened in my parents' lives so because of all the goodness and truth that came from that word from God, my parents have always been involved in the charismatic movement. And so I, as a child also was, yeah, just going back to your point of how unique my faith journey was, that's why I share it every time I'm asked, because it's not your typical cradle Catholic story. Right. And I find that very important for people to hear that there are lots of avenues for devotion and lots of ways to experience a life with Christ and to be open to what the Lord might have for you. And I found that I would say in those decades of a time when parish life wasn't vibrant, my parents needed that community. And that might not be the case today. You know, my, uh, my husband and I, we are in, involved in a lot of different Catholic communities, but I wouldn't say they're charismatic in their essence, you know. They're, so it's a different landscape than it was when my parents were raising me as a child. There's a lot more opportunities for vibrant faith life and community building. In a, your typical Catholic parish, which is great. You know, praise God that a lot of necessary reform has happened and a lot of beautiful apostolates led by lay people have arisen. And thankfully, I'm a part of one of those. So, yeah, thank you for asking those questions. And my parents are still uh, Sunday prayer meeting goers, even in their um, mid uh, 70s at this point. So, pretty cool.
0: So beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and and I guess like what what I find interesting too is that certainly being raised in that environment, um, there comes a point where I'm sure like many folks listening to this, they can think back on their own lives and, and maybe pinpoint a moment or a specific kind of time period in their lives where they had to make a choice or make a decision to really claim the faith to be their own. And I was curious to know for your own journey, at what point that might have been where I'm sure like you really enjoyed or like really thrived. And and I can tell just from our conversation so far, just how spirit led you are. So it's clear that it's had such an impact on you. But in terms of taking on that faith for your own, when would you say that that occurred for you?
1: I will tell two stories for that. Beautiful. Uh, I will share a story about when that openness to the Holy Spirit first occurred in my life, and then when my call to leadership took place. So two different stories. I was in eighth grade, so 13 years old, and I went on a retreat with my eighth grade class. And at that time, I was enrolled in an interdenominational charismatic school. (laughs) so one of these communities opened their own educational system which was pretty amazing so we went on a retreat and I witnessed my peers who are 13 years old standing up and giving witness talks of how they uh, loved the Lord and how he was in a relationship a personal relationship with them they memorized scripture they were able to quote these incredible passages that were healing in your specific needs. And I went back to my room at that campground and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I want to know you in the same way that my friends do. And I started praying the come Holy Spirit prayer every night. So that was also the year I was confirmed the sacrament of confirmation. So I spent every evening reading scripture and praying the come Holy Spirit prayer. And I know that that commitment to that first request that I asked of the Lord to come into my heart, but also that ongoing commitment of seeking his face, reading about him, reading Mm -hmm. scripture, really built that intimacy with Christ that I've never lost because of that. So 13 years old was my first story, Uh, and then my second story is that I was in this beautiful friendship with the Lord, and I felt a call to attend a leadership conference when I was 16. So the Franciscan University of Steubenville hosts those incredible youth conferences, and I had gone to many of those. But they also had a week long event leading up to each youth conference where they would bring peer ministers, you know, Mm -hmm. leaders uh, who were teens themselves, who would come and journey and pray together and then lead a lot of the events during the youth conference right so I applied to that program, which was called Young Apostles, and it was funny because that was absolutely out of my comfort zone at that time in my life. Mm. So I'm sure you're shocked to hear that being able now <laughs> lead a women's leadership organization, but as an only child, mm. as someone who had been homeschooled a lot of her life and just didn't have a lot of socialization experience that was very much a risk for me was to sign up for a leadership training event. Right. So I filled out the app, I got accepted. And the hilarious thing is my parents are driving me out to drop me off for this event. And I told them to turn the car around and take me home. Oh
0: oh my goodness.
1: Now I know that was spiritual attack. You know, I knew that the devil didn't want that to happen. He didn't want me there. He knew it was going to change my life and that God had plans for me. And I am begging. I am crying. I'm telling my parents to turn the car around. And they said, no, you made a commitment. You're going. Thank God, (laughs) right. That they had the leadership to drop me off when I was very upset. And at this event, I went to confession during one of the prayer experiences, and my confessor was Father Dave Pavanka, who's um, a TOR and now the president of Franciscan University. And I give my confession. He puts his hands on my head for absolution, and after absolution, says, Rachel, I just had a vision. <laughs> And I'm very taken aback by that. Even with my history in the charismatic movement, I still, you know, no one had had a specific vision for me Mm -hmm, before. right. Right. And he said that when he was praying over me, he saw that I was hiding behind a rose bush and that the Lord was asking me to step out from behind the rose bush and to be a big, bright rose on the front of the bush.
0: Wow.
1: And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, the girl that told her parents to take her back home, that was fearful, that was not trusting him, you know, that he said, stop hiding, stop being afraid, step out and be who you were meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. So that moment changed my life. And just like I told you the story about my mom asking the Lord for help and she heard his voice, this was my moment, right? where he directly spoke to me and told me what to do. And I obeyed. So ever since then, I have stepped in to every leadership role that he has presented to me. And it has borne great fruit and ultimately satisfied the desires of my heart. (laughs) That's what's most important. When you step into your gifts, you will be truly happy and
0: satisfied. Mm, So well said. And what's incredible to me, I mean, the whole thing is incredible. But just as you're sharing that vision that Father Dave Pavanka had shared with you, like even how roses in themselves are so beautiful. But the the funny thing about roses is they have that stem of thorns as, I don't know, it could be like a, a protective mechanism, if you will, where like you do have to be careful when you behold the sight of a rose. And as mentioned, like, by you there in that vision, just how, like, you know, you were encouraged to step out, to be on the front. And and yes, still, like, you know, with great prudence and and following, but just how vital it was for you to obey and the beauty of how you said yes. So many times I think about that, right? Like, if if you didn't say yes, where would we all be right now? Like, where would so many women who you have served and you have met, like, through Given, uh, where would they all be? So I just want to express gratitude for that, um, just for being docile to the Holy Spirit and just for, for saying yes to the Lord. Um, because like you mentioned, stepping into leadership positions certainly can be daunting. It can be challenging. It's you know taxing and time consuming. And yet, as you mentioned, there's that beautiful promise of being fulfilled and satisfied.
1: Yeah, I love what you're mentioning about the thorns on the rose as well, because that is so important to our Catholic theology, is that when you embrace your vocation and you do have the satisfaction of your heart, that does not negate suffering. (laughs) And there will always be suffering. I've been laughing with friends recently about how if only in pre-Cana class they taught more about suffering in marriage, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. uh, but that's the case in a call to leadership as well. And I find that to be some of the best advice that I can give to anyone that's discerning. Let's say you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to start a new business or open a nonprofit or whatever it might be found something new, know that it is not without risk and with deep spiritual risk as well. For sure. Because it's not just a financial risk or a time management risk that when you are in a position of leadership for the Lord, Mm -hmm. you will be attacked Mm -hmm. by the evil one. And you have to be able to have the battle guard to be able to withstand that. Having a community around you, having a supportive partner, whether that be your husband, whether that be a best friend, what whoever that might be, a spiritual director, a mentor, what we do at Given, (laughs) right, is that you have to have the support structure and the ability to withstand the thorns that come along with whatever it is that God's asking you to do.
0: Mm, That's so well said. Yeah. As illustrated by the story there, how you were with hindsight, just being able to recognize that spiritual attack and, and wanting to, like begging, pleading for your parents to turn the car around and The perseverance afterwards, once you finally made it to Franciscan to persevere. So I find that to be extraordinary. And I think such a powerful reminder, too, that so many times in our walk with Christ, we think that the moment we give everything over to him, that suddenly all suffering, all pain, all challenges will suddenly go away. And it's true that there's so much promise in the Lord. But at the same time, there's a, a real reality of the different things that we do have to struggle because the evil one is in our midst, but we are equipped with the power of his love and just the calls that he's called for us to, to really take upon and, and serve him in our unique way. So I feel like we've danced around this from the moment that we started this conversation was like, I cannot wait to get to talk about Given. So maybe to start off for those who may not be familiar with Given and the story of how it was founded, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what the Given Institute is and how it got started.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, Given is a apostolate that was founded by religious sisters. So I am the blessed executive director who is carrying on the vision that initially was written by religious sisters. So uh, the beautiful part of our history is that 2015, the church was celebrating the year of consecrated life universally. Pope Francis had called for a greater participation and expression of the leadership and the gifts of consecrated men and women. And at that time, a philanthropic organization approached CMSWR. That's the acronym for the Council of Major Superiors of Women Religious. So that's the organization in the United States that's a collaborative body of religious sister communities. So Mm -hmm. sisters like the Sisters of Life, the Dominican Sisters from Nashville, Tennessee, the Carmelites in Los Angeles, you know, it's over a hundred communities that come together in this collaborative body. So they received a large grant in that year of consecrated life. And the philanthropic foundation that approached them said, we're giving you this money to honor you in this time of what Pope Francis has called for. And we want you to dream big mm. and to start something new. Wow. We want you to use your feminine genius and your particular gifts as consecrated women and make an impact upon the church and the world. And the beautiful thing is that the sisters who were on the board of directors at CMSWR at that time, they came together and they discerned this opportunity. And they felt that women in their 20s needed accompaniment Mm. and that there wasn't an apostolate yet dedicated to them. That young adult women who are newly graduating college, they're in that time of their life when they're discerning a state in life, possibly to enter religious life, to get married. They're looking at different career opportunities. A lot of times you're trying to plant your roots in your 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Who am I and what am I gonna do with my life, right? And so the sisters knew, and were very prophetic in this answer to this call, Mm -hmm. that these young women not only needed an event that would steer them, but would need personal accompaniment beyond the event. So Given was founded as a forum that brings together young adult women ages 21 to 30 for a leadership training faith formation event, but also every woman that applies and is accepted to come to Given is paired with a dedicated mentor who works with her for an entire year after the forum. So you don't just show up to a conference and we never see you again. You know, when you apply to be a part of the Given network, you are applying to be a part of a cohort of catholic female leaders who will support you in your professional personal spiritual goals but ultimately help you activate your gifts and each woman that applies to come to given she writes an action plan proposal so this is like a, a vision board you know you're you're dreaming big here and You put to paper what you believe are the gifts that God has given you uniquely and how you're going to use those gifts to serve the church and the world. So your action plan is your tangible output from your participation in given. And it's really beautiful because the sisters all designed this and I'm lucky enough to continue this beautiful mission But at this point, we have 500 women that have gone through the program that have come to a forum and worked with a mentor and launched action plans. And our mentors are religious sisters, as well as lay women that are established in their career, their vocations, and most importantly, are faithful to the church's teachings and are women on mission you know they're rooted in the gospel they have a love for our church and our lord and they want to raise the next generation of catholic female leaders they want to share the wisdom knowledge pain points sufferings that they've experienced and help a younger generation as they embark on activating their gifts so you know that's a quick history of given and also I uh, just am so grateful that the Lord chose me to be a part of this mission.
0: Mm. I think many listeners can can obviously see the direct correlation as to why it is that I'm so excited. When I first came across Given, and I was just like, "Holy moly, this is something that is so real." And as you mentioned, a great need for the church. And listeners will probably know that so far on the podcast, and I'm sure so many more to come, there have been a number of Given alumni who have come on the show and what's incredible to me is how diverse and like you said unique and particular gifts that each woman is endowed with and how it is that they are activated and now they're kind of going out into the world and and really serving out of their particular gifts and the needs that they've established and they've seen. But also I, I want to point out how incredibly powerful it is. And this is not to say anything about conferences in particular, but of course, one of the the challenges that we see with those huge, maybe one or one day or one week events is that, as you mentioned, it, it happens and you have that retreat or a conference high. And then oh. sometimes like you have no idea where to go with that. And I think what I love about given and how you've established the program how the sisters and and yourself and the leadership team have established it is like you mentioned it's that continuity and being able to grow through mentorship through community and being able to build upon the things that you have learned so it's not just like a a good Mm -hmm. feeling which of course there's nothing bad with that it's good to be uh, poured into and renewed in that way But then, like, how do we take it to the next level and inspire the next generation of women leaders in the church?
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. The sisters also designed themes for how the programming at the forum takes place. And it really is a beautiful pathway for every woman who wants to engage in her gifts. So we always begin uh, the forum with first the theme of receiving the gift that you are, because A lot of the messages we hear about women's leadership is very external, right? Mm -hmm. It's very much what you can do for others and not about who God first imprinted you to be at the moment of conception, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that can be very dangerous if you approach leadership without the Lord, you know, and if you approach leadership without first knowing that you need to be healed, and you need to embrace the dignity of who you are simply as a creation of God, <laughs> right? Um, so many of us, we boast about our LinkedIn profiles or all of the experiences of what we've accomplished. And it is so valuable in our Catholic faith if we know that if we didn't even do any of those things... That the Lord mm. still loves us perfectly and we are valuable and we are a gift. That we are a gift just because we are a creation of him, right? And mm. so that we have found has been sometimes the most important part of our content and our programming is that women know they need to be healed first before they can be a leader. So that's our first theme is receiving the gift of who you are. Then our next theme is to realize the gifts you've been given. So that oftentimes relates to discernment of charisms, discernment of you know, what are those unique particular gifts that only I, Rachel Allman has, right? And how do I then in the third aspect of our themes is to respond with the gift only you can give. So once you know you are a gift, you know your particular gifts God has given you, now we're gonna put them into action, okay? You're gonna do something with them because there are also plenty of people that have been given great gifts and they squander those gifts right? Mm -hmm. And they don't use them, or they use them for themselves rather than at the service of others, or they use them only for self-promotion rather than for the goodness of God, right? So it's really beautiful that when women come to the given forum, we spend full days on each of those themes. And Mm -hmm. also that when you work with your mentor, it's receive, realize, respond, repeat (laughs) over and over again throughout your life, right? Because we have a commitment with you for a year, but we hope that being a part of the given network, you now have this pathway, you have these tools that throughout your life in so many different seasons that you'll continue to do this mm-hmm. you'll continue to receive realize and respond and this is so so important for women because you know i have seen just in my own life the different seasons are so unique and compared to my single young adulthood to uh, being newly married to a young mother for the first time. Now you've got three kids, okay? But then also you think about women who are widows, women who are retired, women who are empty nesters. I get these stories all the time from women at those stages of their lives that say, I don't know what my gifts are anymore. I thought this is who I was and now I don't know right? And so we have to be willing and docile to the Holy spirit to continue that process over and over throughout our lives. So we always have a gift that needs to be given to the church and the world and be willing to adapt to that as that changes as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that beautiful reality of the fact that our lives are not just kind of static. And once you hit one Milestone in your life that you flatline, right? Like what comes to mind is, and I know that John Paul II is such a, a huge inspiration behind some of the work of the Given Forum, but just the fact that life with Christ is a beautiful adventure. And every season, it's a real deepening of our identity. And it's not that one kind of paves over another state, but truly you just go deeper and deeper. And that cyclical motion. Um, you know, kind of repeating all of those steps, repeating that process over and over. I feel like many times it can lead us to feel a lot of doubt sometimes and questioning just like, okay, like I thought I've been here already or I thought I went over this. (laughs) But to to really receive that fact that no, it's a, a beautiful like deepening and just how the Lord, as you mentioned earlier, um, a few times, it's that personal and intimate friendship with the Lord that he desires. And he wants nothing more than for us to go even deeper with him. So I just appreciate that so much. And the given was formed and founded by uh, these beautiful uh, communities of religious sisters. And it's clear that at least like for me, like I, I see how it is that you were drawn in. But how did you at first get connected with them? Like how did you become their executive director? Because I'm sure it must've been such a a surprise, but also I I might imagine a real kind of clicking when it comes to your own charisms and your talents and your own personality.
1: Mm, I love telling this story (laughs) because it's, it's another remarkable moment that the Holy spirit is so evident. So I have always worked for the church. I uh, have been in a lot of different roles in parish and school life. I've worked for dioceses before. And so the beautiful part of my story is I wasn't looking for a job or I wasn't looking forgiven at the time. Um, I simply was helping a friend who uh, asked me to teach her natural family planning. And I said, sure, here's a stack of books good luck. <laughs> and, and she said, Rachel, I don't have the attention span for this. This is too difficult. You need to give me one resource, a one-stop shop, and it needs to be online. And I said, well, you know, when I first learned NFP, that didn't exist. So, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look, right? So, this is just a couple of years ago, and I did a Google search and I found a website called managingyourfertility.com. Mm-hmm. Which, when I found it, I said, Wow, this is incredible. It's modern, it has all of the apps, all of the methods, access to doctors, and you can't even tell it's Catholic. You know, it's just a really beautiful resource. So, I sent it to my friend and just was so thankful in that moment to be able to help her very tangibly in her moment of need. Mm. Right. And then Mm. I said, you know, I'm going to go look on the website and see who, who started this. What smart doctor pulled Mm. this off. Right. And I read the about section and it was a 26 year old young lady who went to the inaugural given forum in 2016 Mm -hmm. and her action plan was to create this resource.
0: Amazing.
1: And I just had this moment. I'm Struck (laughs) and I said, Lord, what is given? I have to know. (laughs) And then I start reading more about it, and I see on Given's website, Women's Leadership Organization, faithful to the church's teachings and entrusted to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I said, I found my home. Mm. Now, I had worked for the church for over a decade at that point, and for me to say, looking at a website, I found my home says something that I hadn't experienced that yet. Mm-hmm, <laughs> right. Sure. In any other women's community or opportunity to network with other Catholic women, I, I hadn't found that yet. And so the amazing thing is, you know, I, I apply to be a mentor and then it ends up that they were hiring an executive director and here I am. So it was remarkably the Holy spirit that brought me to given and through the good work of exactly what we're trying to do is to activate women's gifts and answer an ache in the world, right? Answer specific needs that only through the feminine genius can be answered. And so, you know, I'm so, so grateful to, to be here. And, and you know, that the Lord has his hand upon the work of given. Mm.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And I'm just laughing to myself too, just because Bridget, who founded Managing Your Fertility, is a former guest of the show. So I so so listeners if you had that light bulb moment too just know that I also I was like wait a second we've met Bridget before um so big shout out to her and of course like all of the former guests of this podcast who have been given a lemon and, and just exactly to your point about how I, I find that to be such a unique story and and who would have thought and when you were saying one-stop shop on the web I was just like I, I think I have a resource for that too so it's oh, amazing <laughs> yeah so there mm-hmm. you have it
1: Praise
0: God. Yeah, and one of the things that really excites me about this is the fact, and I know that we've kind of been talking around this, but I'd love to dive into maybe more of an intentional discussion around leadership for women. And, you know, like as a, a young working professional now, I've worked, you know, kind of in the in the real world, and I use air quotes there, I worked in the real world now for, you know, almost like five years now. and. Women's leadership has always been one of those things where it's like, you know, let's let's be totally blunt about it. Women trying to like smash glass ceilings and be leaders like CEOs, work on boards of directors within and outside of the church who are making incredible strides. But we know that there's so much more to be done. And I guess I would love your thoughts on um, just how in particular, like for Catholic women going out into the world even the secular world, like the secular workplace, um, just how it is that we have something unique that perhaps like other women who may, may not yet know Christ. Right. What is it that we as Catholic women have to offer when it comes to entering into leadership positions?
1: Hmm. The beautiful thing is we as Catholics are the only ones that can really answer this question. <laughs> and, um, answer it with all full force of um, fidelity behind it. And it's because we truly know there is a difference between men and women and that from the moment of creation, Adam and Eve in the garden, right? That God created us equal yet different, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And that women have the unique capacity to hold another life within themselves. And that is simply because of our reproductive system, (laughs) right? Men do not have that capacity or capability. They have other capacities and capabilities, right? But we as women are the only ones that have that gift. And it is so important that we know and embrace that. And that's all a part of the healing that happens at given and receiving the gift that you are, that your reproductive system is intentional and it's not an accident and it's a part of God's great plan for your life. And so that capacity to hold another within themselves, what emanates from that? Many times women have natural inclinations to be nurturing, Mm -hmm. to think of, the poor and the vulnerable before oneself, right? The unborn are the most um, vulnerable of, of all many times. And so we have that natural inclination to want to think of others before ourselves. And that is a great leadership capacity. <laughs> the best leaders are servant leaders, mm, right? Mm-hmm. We know this. Amen. Nobody likes a dictator, right? Right. Nobody likes a crummy boss, right? Everybody wants a nurturing, guiding force in their life. And so women naturally do that well, which is fantastic. And that's why it's really fun at Given. So we have read as a team a report called Women CEOs Speak, And I really recommend, you know, if you're interested in leadership to take a look, it's the only study that has ever been done on female CEOs. And uh, I don't remember the year, but it's, I believe 2016. At that time, there were only 6% of CEOs were female of the Fortune uh, 1000 companies. Okay, 6%, right? And so there was a research study done on that 6% of women. And we had given, we have found so much goodness out of reading that report and seeing what are unique qualities that women bring to the table. And women can bring in any leadership role. We can take what we learn from a CEO type experience and you can take that in the home. Moms are the CEOs of their family many times, right? That's right. (laughs) women who serve as office managers of parishes are often the CEO at the end of the day. Okay. So I just want to be clear that leadership opportunities aren't just that title of CEO of a fortune 1000 company. Mm -hmm. We all should strive to be a leader in our own sphere of influence, wherever it is that God has placed us, right? Wherever it is that we can be a gift of self to others. And so, Uh, Yeah, I just want to share again strongly that our Catholic faith beautifully teaches about the uniqueness of woman. And when you deny that, when you sterilize that within yourself, you're going to harm your leadership potential. And I really find that myself in my own life, one of the greatest gifts that God has given me in being in a leadership role is that I also am serving as a physical mother in my own life, in my own vocation. And the amazing thing I would given is that the board of directors who are technically my boss, right, that they see that as an attribute. There are many times where your boss in the secular world will see you being a physical mother as a negative. Uh, which is so unfortunate. And if that's the case, I'd say pick up and leave because it is only going to harm your psyche. (laughs) It's only going to make your work day harder. And so to be in an environment that is supportive of who you are as female is very important. And uh, we certainly are in a world, uh, in a culture right now that says to be successful as a woman, You cannot also embrace your femininity, which goes hand in hand with your fertility, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what's so beautiful going back to Bridget's action plan with managing your fertility. And even the term managing your fertility is such a beautiful way of expressing what our Catholic faith teaches us is that your fertility is something you can partner with. <laughs> it's not a black mark on your body. It's not a detriment to your success. And it is manageable, right? To be able to achieve, you know, the gifts that God wants you to use for others. So, uh, you know, I can get on a soapbox about this for a while, <laughs> but you asked the question. So, <laughs> I just want to say, you know, women have such unique gifts and we have to embrace and love who we are. And it actually makes you a more powerful, enjoyable person to be around. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you said that because just to, to really hammer home that point that we really are in that culture right now where it's yeah, it's either one or the other, choose your career or choose your family. And, and of course, like I think when it comes to raising a family to go back to that imagery of the thorns on the rose, like, of course, like it's not to say that it's going to be uh, like super easy. When you choose to take on in whatever capacity, a servant leader, and really growing in your career while also growing your family that comes with, immense sacrifice and it comes with a lot of prudence and discernment with your family with your husband to see how it is that uh, god is calling you to work and i think that really is the beautiful thing is that as a woman there is no one right way to do that and that really has been a guiding principle of mine from the beginning of this podcast and just to see how given and other organizations like that has been really empowering women to, like you say, receive the gift that they are, and then understand what it is that God has given them and how now they will go out in their own specific sphere of influence, whether, you know, at a very, very high level, very, very public, or even in their own domestic homes. And I love how you mentioned that moms are the CEOs of their families. So Rachel, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've shared today. And I think just as we close, we've spoken at great length today about basically all things feminine genius. So you know that this is a huge point of joy for me as we close out this conversation. But in terms of your own feminine genius, if you could offer a reflection of how you've seen that flourish in your own life.
1: One of the characteristics of the feminine genius that Pope John Paul II beautifully uh, wrote uh, upon in Moliere's Dignitatum is he said that the feminine genius is characterized by maternity. And I want to really carefully share that spiritual maternity is as fulfilling and impactful as physical maternity. And that's really important when we go back to that capacity for holding another life within oneself. That's why women, whether they have a child or not of their own, always have been endowed with the gift of maternity. Okay. And I I would find in my own feminine genius story that that has been something that has always been very life-giving to me is that I used to be a teacher long before I got married and had children. And I found that my students who were as if my spiritual children, right? They held me accountable. They helped me want to be holy, right? Because I knew that these young souls and young minds were looking to me to be an example to them. And there was so much happiness and joy in being, serving in that role. And so even I look back to on my wedding day, it was so cool because I invited a bunch of my former students to come to our wedding, to come to the mass. And, and they came up to take a picture with me, you know, (laughs) with the woman in the bridal gown. Right. And, and I said to them, I said, I was able to preserve my virginity for my wedding night because I wanted to be a good example for you. Mm. And How beautiful that maternity in so many aspects, you know, a mom to your children, well, you can't sneak a piece of candy if you're telling your child not to sneak a piece of candy. (laughs) I'm just giving examples of how when you are living out that expression of maternity, it only helps you to grow in your path to holiness. It only helps you to grow in that deeper relationship with the Lord because you know that you're answering to a higher power and there are other people watching you do that. So I just really wanna, you know, again, thank the Lord for all the opportunities he's uh, granted to me to live out my maternity. And I want to encourage everyone that listens to this podcast that if you wanna activate your feminine genius, you need to start living in your maternity right now. So no matter your state in life right now, you need to live maternity. And, you know, I hope that that gives great encouragement and comfort to anyone that's listening.
0: Mm. It certainly does. Like for me, especially, and I'm sure for so many listeners, and I mean, I think what better way to to really cap off this conversation by just reflecting on maternity and the fact that John Paul II says Mary is the the highest expression of the feminine genius and how she herself uh, really grew into that capacity by being the mother of our God. So Rachel, thank you so much for your time today and just for inspiring me and all of our listeners. It truly has been a gift to be with you. And I was wondering if you could lead us in a closing prayer yes
1: in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit amen Lord thank you for bringing us together today we honor you and we bless you and we praise you for all your goodness we thank you for the great gifts that you have given each and every one of us and all those who are listening and Lord I ask that you would continue to reveal to us the gift that we are that you would continue to love on us so that we can experience all the goodness that you have in store for us and Lord, I especially ask uh, for anyone who's listening, who is suffering right now, that they would receive great comfort and peace and healing from you. And I'd like to entrust this time uh, and all of our gifts and dreams and visions to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I ask that she would pray for us and for our particular needs. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Rachel, thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. God bless you.
0: Thank you to Rachel Harkins Allman for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. As you can tell, I am a huge fan of the Given Institute and the work that they do. So you can learn more about them by checking out their website, giveninstitute.com. And you can also find them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Given Institute. You can also follow Rachel on Instagram at Catholic Excel. All of these links can be found in the episode description. You can learn more about the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. All of this information can be found on our home on the web, femininegeniuspodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless you always.